Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 16 of the Looking at Stamps podcast. This week, I chat with Gail Merowitz. She is the founder of the design studio, The Visual Strategist. And as a graphic artist and art director, she specializes in music packaging and print and has worked with artists such as Amy Mann, Panic at the Disco, Jonathan Colton, and Betty Buckley. Her work has been nominated four times for a Grammy Award, and she won a Best Recording Package Award in 2006 for her work on Amy Mann's The Forgotten Arm. A self-proclaimed philatelist, she has been collecting stamps since she was very young. This week, we talk about stamps as art, stamps as political discourse, her new project, The Coronavirus Diaries, stamp auctions, and pizza. Uh, just a word of note, please excuse the fanboying in this week's episode, but I really am a fan. So, here we go. Hi, Gail. Hello. Welcome to Looking at Stamps. Hi, Ross. Uh, thanks for having me. Okay, so uh, we're going to talk about all kinds of things today, but before we get started, we're going to start with a lightning round. So, you haven't seen these questions, so, uh, but you'll do fine, I'm sure. They're all within your wheelhouse. So, okay. The first question: Favorite restaurant meal? Oh, uh, I, well, I, I am surprised at this question. I, I love pizza. That's my okay. favorite. Okay. And what kind of pizza? I'm I'm, I'm pretty much a purist. Uh, tomato, mozzarella, basil. Okay, like the margarita kind of pizzas. Correct. Like thin, thin crust or thick crust? Thin. Okay, same here. Very much the same. Uh, question number two, what skill would you like to master? I would like to master a, a computer skill called After Effects that uh, puts, can put type in motion. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, what, what our listeners may not know is that you are a graphic uh, and visual designer, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, so uh, that, that, that's uh, – I can certainly see where that goes. So right. question number three, what's the best way to start the day? With a nice cup of coffee. Okay. Do you put anything in your coffee or you drink it black? No, I do. I put in milk. Okay. 2%. Okay. Now, do you like it like milky coffee? Do you, what, what, color, what color is your coffee once you add your milk? I, I would say I would say it's really medium. It's right. It's sort of in between. If anything, maybe a little on the light side, but I would say right in the middle. So a nice caramel color. Correct. Okay. Question number four: What would be the most amazing adventure to go on? Well, I would like to go to Saint Petersburg, Russia. And what what is it about Saint Petersburg? I um I the the Onion Dome architecture it's where my it's kind of where my family is from so there's a there's a, a roots thing involved there as well uh, but really it's sort of the the look of the architecture and uh, I I do, I do like a cold climate so that seems that seems good too. It's definitely cold. Uh, I've been very fortunate to to have gone there. I was with the oh, Dickinson wow. Orchestra. And we went there oh, wow. and performed there. 
So, uh, and I'm a big fan of Russian architecture, so I know exactly, exactly what you mean. Uh, and it, oh. it really is a very spectacular place. Uh, oh, I, I, I so hope excited you get to, go to there. hear that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great. It's definitely uh, so, uh, an adventure to go on. Um, last question, cake, pie, or cookies? Pie. What kind? Well, I'm torn between strawberry rhubarb, depending on where I am, or key lime. See, I'm a, definitely a key lime person. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I spent some time in Florida and absolutely <laughs> love key lime. So that yeah. or pecan pie. That's, that's my other. That would be my struggle between the two. See, now that wasn't <laughs> so bad now, was it? No, not at okay. all. Bro. Okay, great. I do want to talk about your your, I call it the day job as if you know, we have day and night jobs. But tell us about the visual, uh, visual strategist. Tell us what you do when you're not doing the coronavirus diaries and what, what you do to pay the bills. Okay. Well, um, I have for many, many years been a graphic designer slash art director uh, working specifically on music packaging. And uh, I had done that professionally at, at major record labels for most of my career. About 10 years ago, I left that corporate label system and started working um, for, made my, started my own studio, The Visual Strategist, and started working directly with uh, the musicians, which was just a little bit more rewarding for me. And I felt like I was able to do better work. And so what I do to make a living is I design album covers and album packages for various singer-songwriters. I recently did uh, Panic at the Disco's last record. Um, so that's, that's the way I pay the bill. Yeah, Amy Mann is one of your clients. Uh, yeah, Amy Mann. The, the, I, I, won a Grammy, I won a Grammy award for the packaging that I designed for Amy about uh, 12 years ago. And I've been nominated two years ago for another package I designed for a singer-songwriter, Jonathan Colton. I have had four nominations and one win with the Grammys, which is really great. I feel well, really great about that. Well, there, there's two things. First of all, one of your clients is also, uh, the theater nerd in me is coming out, is Betty Buckley. Ah, Betty Buckley. So, <laughs> so I just want to throw, throw that name out because, uh, you know, that's that's theater royalty in, in my circle. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, Betty I, just reached. Betty just reached out to me, Ross, to uh, to ask me uh, about the possibility of working on on something that she's currently thinking of working on. So you may have something new to look forward to from oh, Betty. That's fantastic. But the other thing I wanted to mention is how great is it that the Grammy system, the Grammy Awards, acknowledge the work in in visual merchandising and packaging uh, associated with records? And I, I just think that is just phenomenal foresight to acknowledge what you do and then that's an integral part of of the music industry to have a, a grammy award associated with that i i feel i feel very fortunate that they they do have that and i i will say when when music was really the tide was turning and it was going all streaming we did wor worry as a as designers that that category may get ousted but then what happened was vinyl started becoming popular again, and we got our large canvas, 12 by 12 inch canvas back, um, which started to make the artwork kind of more important again. So it's nice. There's a resurgence about art, and 
and uh, vinyl has really been the thing that has pushed it. So it's funny how I have this big canvas now in my real work, and my poster stuff work is the size of a poster stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and getting to that, I you came to my attention through my friend Ashley Aaron, who is Mailbox Memories and Instagram, and she saw one of your feeds, one of the posts in your feeds, and I mean, within minutes said, you need to see this and to follow this. <laughs> and so um, it, what we're talking about is the hashtag and the series that you're calling Coronavirus Diaries. And right. how, would you, how would you describe it to uh, our listeners? I know I try to describe it to a friend of mine, uh, and I have one way, but I want to hear you know, the artist in you. How would you describe what you do with the Coronavirus Diaries? Well, I'll tell you, Russ, I actually I made a little title page, but it was just, you know, in my handwriting just to kind of start me off, which says, Corona Diaries, March 2020, a philatelist journey to occupy time during social distancing. Um, but how, I mean, it doesn't give you much of an explanation of exactly what it is, but that's sort of why it came to, to be. But see, that's why you do what you do. I mean, that, that's, that's just absolutely phenomenal, uh, you know, <laughs> as text alone. And to see how you would actually, how you would actually, you know, set that uh, visually would be intriguing as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I uh, explained it to a friend that it's an analog meme. And oh. and what I, and what I meant by that is that you know we have all these digital memes you know where people you know take a photograph and they insert text you know the the ones that came were very popular the first year of this current anti presidency was you know uh, like Biden and Obama sitting and laughing yeah. in the thought bubble you know uh, the, above it and you were doing very similar things but in a very analog world and what you're doing <laughs> is you're taking stamps. <laughs> And then providing dialogue and text to them to give them an additional meaning uh, and giving them a life on their own. So how did it all come about? Well, and, you know, uh, looking at stamps, there's so many reasons why it comes about. Looking at stamps calms, calms me. I, I, it always has. Um, I love, to this day, as a designer, I never really got versed in the digital aspects of design. I mean, of course, I design on a computer because I have to, but the work is generated mostly in analog, and then it gets into a computer for final. So, so looking at poster stamps calms me. The way they are printed fascinates me. I think engraving, um, and particularly early stamps where it's that one color, monotone engraving. I think they're just beautiful, the colors, the indigo, the purples, the, the reds and oranges. Um, they're just uh, visually, they're little bursts of happiness for me. I, I love looking at stamps. And so when I look at them, it's really easy for me to see a story unfold by the characters of the stamps that I'm looking at. And that's sort of how the coronavirus diaries started was that as I'm looking at the stamps, they're telling a story. And through this story, I'm able to voice some of my frustration and anger with the current administration and how they are seeing 
uh, basically our our health is secondary to our the the nation's economy, um, and so it was a way for me to voice you know my frustrations uh, without you know screaming and yelling. <laughs> yeah, no, and and uh, and I think you're you have nine of them if I'm not mistaken. Do I? I it's somewhere around there I think. It, okay. I think the one of the ones that started was well I'm including all your stamp collages in in the Corona Diaries so so sure, I know sure. you I know you did an Earth Earth Day one which I just thought was phenomenal it was one probably one of my favorite ones that you've done so far Thank you. and then you did another one on either was first responders or uh, one that was just almost a collage of stamps and you love oh, the stamps oh, some important things that I would never take for granted post pandemic. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that yeah. was, I mean, that was powerful. And it, and that's the beauty. I, I'm with you in that uh, I've always classified stamps as miniature works of art. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I oh. definitely, and we, a couple of guests have mentioned previously the, the, the old style of engraved stamps. Uh, a friend of mine just mentioned the Dante stamp, which is that red stamp and the, the William have, Shakespeare. It's so funny. I have it right in front of me because <laughs> he's going to be part of tomorrow's coronavirus diary, I think. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the Dante so and funny. the Shakespeare. And so, yeah. Yep. And, and, yep. Uh, and uh, so I, I, and I get that. And so, uh, so there, some of them are humorous. Some of them are poignant. Some of them, you know, and granted, you know, we're still in the, in the beginning phases of this. And so w- the question I had was, which comes first? Does the concept come first or does the stamp come first? Usually, usually the, looking at the stamps brings about the concept. Okay. That's, that's pretty much the way it, it goes. Uh, but right now, I believe your friend Mailbox Memories had had posted something on Instagram, which uh, ha- was had one of my favorite stamps and the, one of the reasons I ever noticed stamps. And her collection, I was actually in the midst of culling stamps for a red, white, and blue collage that I was going to do. Um, so sometimes it's color palette, sometimes it's social issues uh, with dialogue. Um, you know, I never, I never quite know what I'm going to do with them until I sort of spend some time looking at them. And I think the two, the thing too, though, is that they're just so visually pleasing as well. And that's, you know, for, cause I'm an artist as well. So I'm a paper artist. Oh. I make things out of paper. Uh-huh. And so, um, just to, cause anyone can just throw stamps on a page and glue them down and, and be done with it. Uh, right. but, but there's a finesse that you provide, uh, uh, obviously, you can tell I'm a fan. So, but, uh, thank you. No, yeah, it's re- yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, it's funny because, like I said, it was a thing for me to do to pass the time and vent some anger. And um, it's really, I mean, it it it, ha- it resonates with people. So it's been quite surprising to me. <laughs> well, and how long does it take for you from start to finish? Once you start getting an, you're looking at your stamps, and you, an idea pops up and. How long does it take from that initial spark to the final product? I would say if I were if if I was lucky and had um, you know a solid hours to work on it, well, probably anywhere from three to five hours, depending. Um, a big factor is 
are the stamps that I'm looking at if they're still on the envelope or not. Like I have a big bag of stamps that I've, you know, are all off the envelope. I have a right. big bag of stamps that are still on. So it depends what stack I go to. And, um, you know, obviously if, if they have to get soaked and, and go through that process, you know, then we can tack on three or four more hours. Yeah. And then um, what's the next step? Uh, well, first of all, how do you do you do them on loose pages or do you do them in a book? Do you have no, I do them book? in a book. I do them in a book. Well, my design partner uh, at the Visual Strategist, uh, Ed Sherman, gave me a beautiful, uh, beautiful journal for my birthday uh, made out of a vintage old book with a process called Coptic binding. So it's a very interesting looking book to begin with. And I just, uh, because they're very fluid, not, you know, that were not formal to me. These were not, like, I don't consider them final, finished. I wouldn't, I wouldn't frame them. They're like sketches to me. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I put them straight in the, they go straight in this notebook. Okay. Um, now, do you know the beauty of the, of the Coptic stitching? Do you know what, why it's significant? Oh my God! Are you are you are you familiar with Coptic stitching? I am. I'm a bookbinder as well. That's part of part. That's like part of the paper really, arts. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You're a paper yeah. artist. Yeah. So I I do make books and I do make my own journals and I do make I do the Coptic stitch, but the beauty of the Coptic stitch is one of the few bindings that will allow the book to lay flat and open. Exactly right. That yeah. makes it easier to photograph. Yeah, uh, and easier to glue things into as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, but, I do uh, have an elaborate system with clips and everything to try and keep the right. paper. That, but, but yes, uh, it made it just it spoke to me this journal for this project. Well, I just think it's it's beautiful that you're using a handmade project for your handmade project. So it's just exactly. uh, you know, it, it's it, there's there's uh, some beauty beauty in that. So let's talk about stamps. So how did you get into stamps? Okay. So when I was uh, young, probably about nine or 10, maybe, uh, my brother, my older brother started collecting coins and he would go with my dad to this place. And so I wanted to collect something. And I think even at that young age, printing, that was always, I liked graphics. Things. I loved books and reading, and so I danced, and my father said, okay, and that's how it started, and, and uh, my first collection, which I still have, is um, United Nations stamps. Now, are, do you keep these in bound books, or do you keep them in... in... Okay, so the United, St- the United Nations collection is like a pristine... Books. The pages have are plastic. Have plastic over them. None of the stamps are hinged. They're all in jackets, and um, and that's very pristine. And that's a real stamp collection. But but you know I the my re- and I love that collection. But it is what it is. This what I'm doing with these stamps is the stuff that really really makes me happy. Um, the pristine perfect stamp collection is nice, and it makes me feel like I'm a list, but 
it's more the old vintage stuff, canceled. I particularly like when they're canceled because I like okay. the look of the cancellation. Now, do you uh, collect uh, unused stamps as well, or you primarily collect used stamps? You know, I I prefer used stamps because, uh, as I mentioned, I like the cancellations. They tend to do interesting things graphically to the artwork, particularly if I'm making a collage. Um, but uh, I do go to auctions, and at auctions there's quite a bunch of just um, shoeboxes of unused, uh, you know, stamps, commemoratives in glassine envelopes. I guess people buy them and then they pass away and their kids don't want them. And so they end up at auction. But I tend to keep my eyes open for that. And do you uh, go physically to the auction? Do you do online auctioning or do you? I go, uh, yeah, I have a home. I live in the city, in New York City, but I have a home in upstate New York. And, and uh, my one of my closest friends has a has a, a vintage store, in, and so I'll go to auctions with her. And so while she's looking for stuff for the store, I just keep my eyes open for any sort of stamp uh, paraphernalia. And do you get them at, at good prices, or do? Or, I do. I yeah. I do. I think I get them at good prices. I think, you know, uh, when you're when you're dealing with sort of eBay or people who love stamps, it's you know the demand market. You know, it's it's a market and demand for it. But at an auction where people are perhaps looking for furniture or you know stamps, don't ephemera doesn't really get, you know, a big a big push. So yeah, it I'm doesn't get the buzz. Get and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and it, it always surprises me. It always pains my heart sometimes to see that, you know, these collectors that are or these estate sales where you know stamps are being sold by the pound. You know, they're not. Yeah, you know, yeah. It just Somebody it just amazes me. Somebody collected yeah. for their whole lifetime, and the stamps get sold by the pound. It's true. So tell me about your. You have uh, stamps on paper. Uh, and you want to use it for one of your uh, diary entries. So what's your favorite way to remove stamps from paper? I soak them. Okay. I soak them in a warm bath and then, and then dump the, you know, remove the envelope, and then I clean the water, soak them again to kind of get, I need all the glue off the back is preferable. Um, and so it's a pretty simple soaking method. So you do a double soak. That's the first I've heard of that. That's interesting. I do a double yeah. soak. I don't I don't like how the water is so yellow with the glue that first time out that I like to kind of make sure it gets a second rinse. Yeah. And do you do talcum on the back or anything like that? Or you just just dry them? No, uh, I don't. I didn't I didn't know I didn't know talcum on the back was a Some was people a, do that, especially with the, the new adhesive stamps. You know, uh, uh those are so well, difficult. Well you know, to, Ross, I was I I do not, once stamps left the world of engraving and went more to offset, they became a little less interesting to me. And then once they went to adhesive, I I, I don't know. I really kind of lost interest. But maybe this talcum idea will bring back. Because I could never figure out how to really prepare yeah. them properly. Yeah, a lot of uh, people use a, uh, a chemical solution um, that's, for industrial uh, gum removal, uh, oh, and so the, oh. and the glue evaporates, and so uh, 
but some of them oh, right. still like have. Like a gugon. Like exactly, a goo exactly. Some people even use that right. citrus, that, you know, citrus scent, you know, uh, oh, yeah, product, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. To get them off the off the page. And then um, it's just, uh, but yeah, and then what they do is because some of them can still remain sticky, they'll put talcum on the back just to, so they don't stick, but they don't want, want them to stick, or more importantly, stick to each other uh, until right. they're ready to use them uh, or to dry them off. Um, so, uh, so you're going stamps. What what attracts you? What uh, what attracts you to a particular stamp? So let's say you're at auction and you just buy for the sake of buying and then hope that something's going to be in there that you'll like. Or yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think the prices are low enough in those instances where you'll just you know take a flyer and say, you know, okay, here's my whatever, eleven dollars. Right. Um, and you get a big box of stamps. Um, I'm, you know, I'm almost never disappointed because um, between the collage work, I don't know if you saw, I sort of did a collage, like a, almost like a mosaic uh, that was the coronavirus itself made out of postage stamps. I don't know if you saw I th- that. I think, I think I did see it. It was, it was like almost a geometric. Like Correct. A, a fanning out, if I remember. It was like blue. Yeah. Was it blue? Stamp, yeah, it, blue, it was green? on a blue background. Right. And it, it was sort of a rendering of the coronavirus from George Washington and Lincoln stamps, right. which are, you know, as you know, if you buy bulk, you know, a box of stamps, you're just going to get tons of those. But those cut into little pieces can make interesting mosaics. So, you know, everything, it's very, uh, I, you know, I don't, it's not wasteful. My right. Example. I use everything. Well, that's that's interesting too. Is you know, a friend of mine uh, had a, a discussion on the podcast uh, previously that the the stamps that we think should be expensive because they're a hundred years old are you know less than face value, and you can get you know when you buy a, a you know a pound of stamps, you're going to have like two hundred of them. You know, like yeah. those old George Washingtons, those old Lincolns. You know, the yep. stamps that you think that should be valuable really aren't. You know, yeah, because they made so many of them. Yeah, and um, and so you can collect them over time so well. So, And that's all the time we have for this week's episode. If you want to follow Gail on Instagram, you can find her profile as G-Nina, N-I-N-A, Marowitz, M-A-R-O-W-I-T-Z. And, of course, all this information will be in the show notes. Her design studio can be found online at... The, T-H-E, Visual, V-I-S-U-A-L, Strategist, S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-S-T dot com. Next week, we will continue the interview and we'll talk about singer-songwriters, stamp storage, engraved stamps, space stamps, stamp designs, and a few of her favorite stamps. As always, thanks for listening, and please subscribe to this podcast and rate it and review it if you have a few moments. Please contact me if you have any questions or ideas for episodes, or if you want to be featured on a future episode. You can contact me on Instagram as Russ Romano, on YouTube by searching for Looking at Stamps, or by sending an email to lookingatstamps at gmail.com. Stay safe, stay healthy, until next week. Bye-bye.